You know, when we consecrate ourselves to the Lord, this means to consecrate everything. Um, God's compassions. Um, 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 I mean, Paul, uh, through God's compassions, um, beseeched us to uh, present our bodies to him, um, our physical bodies to him. Um, And this would be considered a well-pleasing, something well-pleasing, something holy, um, uh, sanctified to God and acceptable to him. And this would be our most reasonable or most intelligent service. This consecration of ourselves uh, is not just our bodies. Um, Of course, this includes our whole being because it's in our bodies that our being is presently contained. So our soul, our heart, our spirit, um, our whole entire being, you know, in the Old Testament, we should love the Lord our God with all our being. Um, I mentioned already with our heart, with our mind, with our soul, and even it says with our strength. So um, this is the, uh, when we give to the Lord, it's not like we, um, we, we are doing something in a formal way or in, in a religious way. We should be reminded all the time that we are consecrated ones. Uh, we our, our life belongs to the Lord, and all that we have um, are also the Lord's. It all came from him, and it all belongs to him. And so uh, when we give, uh, we should have this spirit of consecration. Uh, I uh, uh, pray that the church in Irvine um, um, would not just have a good practice of giving uh, because there are certain needs. But the church would actually uh, be permeated with the spirit of consecration all the time. Um, <clears throat> so this is one thing. We don't give um, 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 to please men. We give uh, not even just to meet God meets the need of the church or of the recovery. We give to please the Lord. We give as a sign that we live to him um, because we belong to him. And so when we give, we should give in the spirit and um, um, and not even just as an event, but really in terms of our attitude, our whole being, it is always um, a consecrated person, as a consecrated person. Um, Then the other point, um, well, I would say even more, uh, a little bit more. So when we give, you know, it's not just uh, writing a check or, you know, sending something through uh, your computer, you know, uh, transferring some money and so on. 
the spirit must be there. <clears throat> we must give with prayer, you see, not just to give to some need, but we would acquire a burden to pray for that need, pray for a situation. Uh, so, um, and we should do it uh, in the spirit. How much, when, how, and all of this is always in oneness with the Lord. Uh, that will make our uh, offering to the Lord always imbued uh, with uh, a spiritual reality. And it would be something really uh, devoid of any kind of a, 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 um, a sense of formality, but really, really is the Lord's working within us. Um, um, Sometimes we may say, maybe I'll give this much, but the spirit within us prompts us to give another kind of song. And uh, the Lord would bring to mind this need or that need. So especially at the end of the year, I think this is a good time to uh, uh, strengthen our exercise in this kind of a way. Second thing I want to mention on this matter of giving is we need to be broadened so that our giving actually is something done also in the body and for the body. Um, so uh, it is easier for us to be um, uh, cognizant of our present need, local needs, needs that we can see uh, in our, where we are in our church, etc., but today, uh, brothers and sisters, we're in the age uh, of the body. And we're here in the Lord's recovery uh, with the aim to build up the body of Christ, not just to build up a local church as much as we are doing that. But the building up of the local churches are um, uh, is for the building up of the Lord's universal body on the earth. So uh, we should be broadened, we should be expanded in our heart to encompass um, uh, the needs of the whole body of Christ on the earth. So um, it is good for us, the church in Irvine, to give, not just to meet our own needs, but very, very much to need, meet the needs of the Lord's body. Uh, the needs in other countries, the need of the saints in other places, uh, the need of um, even of, um, um, you know, like this Oak Glen. It is not just for us, uh, this camp. It is really for the churches and for all the saints uh, here in Southern California. And uh, there would be needs in the meeting halls in other places. And, you know, when there are... Uh, uh, special situation, their disasters, their needs. We, the church in Irvine should give. If you read in the New Testament, uh, when Paul talks about giving, um, um, much of the time he talks not about your need, he talks about the need elsewhere. <clears throat> the churches uh, have a burden to give to the needs in, of the saints in um, Jerusalem. Um, 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 there's famine there. There's a, there is a, a need there. And so now this kind of giving, <clears throat> which uh, Paul terms 
fellowship. You know, our giving, brothers and sisters, whether it's my first point by the Spirit or this second point uh, for the body and in the body, is a matter of fellowship. Now, fellowship means mutual participation. Fellowship means traffic. Fellowship means blending. Uh, Fellowship is for the building up. And, of course, fellowship means the the, our enjoyment of the uh, entire triune God, right? Um, the love of God, the grace of Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And so um, fellowship means too, too much. And to give is a matter of fellowship. When you give to a certain person, you are actually fellowshipping with that person. When you give, we give to another church, we're fellowshipping with that church. When we give for the need in the body, we testify uh, that we are really in the traffic, in the flow, in the fellowship of the body. And so you see that the giving eventually is not just uh, merely meeting some needs. It is. Absolutely, it is to meet certain needs. And also the giving should not be just a kind of event of an offering. This kind of giving increases the flow, increases the fellowship, increases the traffic, increases the building up, increases the mutual care of the body of Christ. So not only all that we are is and have is the Lord's, but I would even say all that we uh, are and have are also the churches uh, are, belongs to the body of the Lord, the body of Christ. So um, um, I hope just, uh, I didn't intend to say this much, but I just want to uh, strengthen this matter um, um, that Mark had just mentioned. Um, <clears throat> I hope the church in Irvine is uh, would be blessed in this way with this kind of a view that even in the matter of our giving and offering, we will be deepened and more elevated in our experience. Now, uh, this morning with the uh, rest of the time, I think I have, what, about 30 minutes or something like that, or 25 minutes. Um, I just want to say something on my heart. This is not a prepared message. Uh, just some uh, uh, fellowship with us. Um, uh, these days, I'm uh, one of the burdens that I have in my heart is for reality, for reality. Um, <clears throat> the burden uh, um, um, is that um, while we are here uh, in the blessed recovery of the Lord, and certainly we can all testify um, how uh, what a rich place this is, uh, what a, um, a wonderful uh, uh, place this is, the Lord's recovery, uh, what we have been given uh, by the Lord, uh, what we have uh, received from this ministry, what we have been, um, uh, what we have inherited um, in so many ways are just uh, beyond words. Um, 
um, I mean, a lot of times I really pinch myself and say, how did I end up here uh, in the church life, in the Lord's recovery, uh, to be a participant, a partaker of all these wonderful riches, and especially the riches uh, of the truth, the riches of all this uh, um, um, speaking, the the riches uh, of the word um, that are just uh, given to us. Um, but um, uh, at the same time, um, there always would be a kind of a uh, danger there. And that is while we receive these things, while we know these things, while we learn these things, these rich truth and so on, and, and these uh, wonderful speaking and so on and so forth. I mean, next week we will be in First and Second Samuel uh, uh, crystallization study. And that will be exceeding rich um, uh, to to uh, um, uh, crystals that we will uh, study um, um, uh, in these two two books. Um, the 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 burden, or you may say, the concern within me, is that um, these things would not necessarily be translated into reality in our experience. And so um, uh, what comes to mind uh, is uh, the, um, the church in Laodicea, you know, the, of the seven churches in the uh, Revelation 2 and 3, after the church in um, um, Philadelphia, uh, comes still yet another church, uh, the last church, and that is the church in Laodicea. Uh, uh, Philadelphia, as we know, is at the top, uh, is the top church, the best church of the seven churches, uh, well, with no um, rebuke from the Lord, but just praise. Um, and uh, uh, Brother Watchman Nee would uh, even uh, consider that church in Philadelphia as uh, being fulfilled um, in the New Testament age in the so-called British brethren, the British brothers uh, in the 1800s. Um, uh, what they have received uh, 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 from the Lord, the revelation, the truths, and the riches is just on the top. Today, the Lord's recovery still stand on their shoulders of the brethren. But yet, um, not too long after uh, their, their start, um, uh, they begin to decline. They begin to degrade. Uh, to, today, you still have the brethren church here and there, but it is entirely something else. They still boast of their knowledge, the, the books of the great teachers of that age, uh, uh, Darby, Kelly, um, and so many uh, great teachers of that era, uh, which uh, um, um, uh, from whom we also benefited. Uh, but today they have 
become really a Laodicean church in their real condition. And if you read that epistle to the Laodiceans, you will see that uh, Christ was condemning that church or rebuking that church for what? For their lukewarmness. They're neither hot, they're neither cold, they are just lukewarm. Um, And the Lord was very strong to say that because you are lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth now. That is very, very serious. That condition is the most serious condition to be spit out. It's excoriated by the Lord, um, uh, rejected by the Lord. Can you imagine? Can you imagine a church that has become to, that has become like that? That that what God wants the Lord wants to spit it out. It happened. Uh, it has happened, and it will happen again. <clears throat> then, the Lord in His description. Uh, uh, you know, what is lukewarmness? What is lukewarmness? Um, In the Lord's uh, further speaking to that church, he mentioned three things. Number one, well, mainly he said this. He said that um, um, you say you are rich. You say you are wealthy. You say you are uh, clothed. Uh, you say that you you can see things, but in actuality, you are miserable. You are wretched. You are uh, poor. You are naked, and you are blind. Blind. You see, these Laodiceans were self-deceived. They think they have something. Uh, they say we have the best. We have. The most wonderful things we 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 have it, but the Lord says you don't know your real situation. It's not like that. It's not like that. You are actually poor. You're actually naked. You're actually blind. Your real condition is like that. Now, to use my word this morning <clears throat> is this: you have all these things kind of outwardly, but it, you don't have the reality. The reality. You don't have the real. You have a shell. You have the outward. You have a box. You have something outward. Yes, you may have that, but what I'm looking for is something inward. And so he said that you have to buy. You have to pay a price to buy from me. To buy from me what? Uh, gold refined in fi- uh, uh, by fire. Gold refined by fire. And this refers to God himself, the triune God. This also refers to our faith, the faith that we need to apprehend this triune God to be our reality. He said, uh, you you have all these truths. Uh, You have all these doctrines. You have all these teachings. But you don't have the reality of these things. You don't have it. You have to buy from me these things. Um, <clears throat> you know, what is reality, uh, brothers and sisters? This morning, I'll give you a pretty, I would say, a pretty complete and simple 
uh, a succinct definition of what reality is or spiritual reality is. Reality is simply the Father God, the Father God embodied and revealed in his son Christ, all right? Um, who is what? Who is um, uh, realized and apprehended by his believers, by us, by you and I, and even in us, by us and in us, through the spirit. What spirit? The spirit of the reality, the Holy Spirit, the other comforter. I hope that you got that very simple definition. So in really, reality is entirely wrapped up in the triune God himself, but not objectively, not objectively as a truth, as a doctrine, as a theology. Uh, no, no. But but being uh, uh, realized and 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 known uh, in subjectively inwardly, and I would even use the word experienced by us, becoming our possession, it becoming our reality, not just as some objective truth, but our experiential reality. They didn't have that, the church in Laodicea. They have all the doctrines, the, even the best, the highest, the richest, but they are devoid of this reality. And so they have to pay the price to buy that. And number two, it says, they say, we are clothed, we're okay, but in actually they are naked. And the garment, you know, the Lord said, you have to pay the price to buy the white garment, the garment, of course, in the Bible, in the New Testament, always referred to our living, our expression, our conduct, our walk. So they have all the knowledge, they have all these things, but they don't have the living. So reality is, I would go a step further, is not just the um, um, this trying God being possessed by us, being enjoyed by us, being um, experienced by us. But I would say reality is this, this one, this triune God, being lived out in us, lived out through us. This is to live Christ. You know, if we as believers do not live Christ, or do not have the what? The... Um, 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 the fruit of the spirit in so many uh, forms of uh, the uh, the uh, human virtues, which are just the expression of the divine attributes, then before God, we actually are naked. We really are naked. Uh, you may have a religious walk. You may behave yourself as a good person, you know, a good brother even in the church, but there is not the expression, the living out of this Christ, of this triune God. You know, I even right now remember the word in Ephesians, talk about reality. It says, as the reality is in Jesus, that reality refers to uh, Christ. When he was on the earth as a man, he lived in a certain way. There was something in his 
in the atmosphere, in the condition of his living, that you see God, you see reality. This reality that is in Jesus should be our pattern today. As we have learned Christ, as the reality is in Jesus. So my concern for myself, for sure, and for all of us, is that we would not just, we would know these things and have these things, but we do not live them out adequately in our daily life. And so we may be found naked, right? And the third thing about their real condition is that they were blind. You know, brothers and sisters, when, uh, when, you know, knowledge blinds, of course, you know, they say knowledge enlightens, but I can tell you knowledge blinds as well. When knowledge, you know, even the proper knowledge, the scriptural knowledge, the good knowledge, right, uh, comes to us and we possess it, we have it, we receive it, we understand it. But it is not uh, translated or turned into our experience, our daily experience. If it is not something that is turned into our experience, in even in our living, in our expression, that knowledge, I will tell you in time, would just become some kind of dead doctrine, some kind of dead teaching. And those things, just like the law in the Old Testament, blinded the Israelites, these riches can also become something that blinds our eyes. So that, in fact, we have the knowledge, but really we don't have what? The sight. We don't have the insight. We don't have the real seeing. So we are a... we. We, our eyes are really, really blinded. We don't see something further. We don't see something deeper. We, we, we see uh, superficially. We, we're not clear, right? So uh, buy from me the eye salve, the eye salve, the Lord says. And, and this is his, his uh, 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 the Lord's uh, speaking to that uh, lukewarm church in Laodicea. And finally, the Lord said what? He said, um, uh, uh, buy these things from us. Then he said this. He said that I am outside the door. You know, he said, I'm outside the door, knocking, knocking. If anyone will open the door, I will come into him and will feast with him and he with me. You see, this is, you know, number one, that church was probably spit out from the Lord. You know, it was in something in the Lord's mouth that was spit out. And here at the end of that epistle, it says that, what? It says that he was, in, in fact, indeed, outside. Outside. He was standing outside. He was... He was not in the church in Laodicea. Can you imagine a church that has become Christless like that? It's still the church, still a local church, still, still, still the church is there with all the things. But, but 
the Lord is not there. The Lord's presence is not there. The Lord's living presence is not there. He is actually outside knocking on the door. I uh, just feel the Lord uh, is uh, always knocking, right? Knocking. Knocking there. Now, I want to uh, uh, um, say this. You know, the knocking on the door, the Lord is knocking on the door of the church. No doubt about that. But at the end, he says what? Uh, uh, He he who would open that door. Let me see if this is what, what he said. No, he said, if anyone, anyone hears my voice and opens the door, then I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. The, 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 the knocking on the door is knocking on the door of the church, you may say. But what? But the hearing and the, uh, of, of his voice and the opening of the door and the invitation to the Lord to come in is him. That means it is an individual matter. It is a very, very personal matter here to ask the Lord to come in. Now, of course, this doesn't mean they were unsaved. They don't uh, have the Lord uh, as their eternal life. It does not mean that. These are all saved believers. They have the Lord in a sense. But in an experiential sense, in the way that I just described, in terms of reality, in terms of that substantial reality of the Lord in their experience, in their daily living, um, uh, they did not have it. The Lord was outside. And so the Lord counseled them, counseled them to what? To open the door and let the Lord in. And he will dine with him, him, and he with me. These clearly refers to the overcomers in that church in Laodicea. Now, brothers and sisters, um, um, I just uh, uh, want to end with this, a kind of a practical word here. Um, With this in mind, with this need for reality, and I think uh, uh, we, um, um, with this kind of a burden that is within us, there should be a cry. There should be a, a deeper prayer. Uh, Lord, Lord, I don't want to be Laodicean. Lord, I want to pay the price, right, to have you, have you, as that divine reality. I want to um, uh, possess this gold. I want to uh, have this white garment. Uh, I want to have uh, insight, my eyes open to see uh, the real spiritual things. Um, uh, You know, Christ is reality. Christ is reality. I am the reality. Um, He is the one who is full of reality. So reality is simply just Christ, but not Christ in our knowledge. And even the things of Christ in our knowledge 
but Christ and the things of Christ in our experience and in our daily living. Um, Not only Christ is the reality, especially in John, you know, the apostle John, he spoke about the Lord's going, which is to death, to death and crucifixion. And he spoke about his coming, and that refers to his resurrection. So he has said, I'm going and I'm coming. At the same time, he talks about the coming of the Spirit, that the Father and he will send the Holy Spirit, the other comforter. And that comforter, that spirit, which is the spirit of life, the life-giving spirit, which is the Lord himself, is called the spirit of reality. The spirit of reality. Meaning that today, one of the main works, maybe the main work of the spirit is what? The spirit of reality will guide us, guide us into all the reality. Now, the work of the Spirit is, is inclusive, is, 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 um, is multifaceted. The Spirit convicts, the Spirit does many other kind of works. But the principal work, according to John, of the Spirit is to guide us, to lead us, to direct us, to conduct us, into all the reality, the reality that I've been talking about here. Not just doctrine, not just knowledge, all right? Not just uh, uh, um, um, some kind of teaching, um, uh, certainly not in the letter, but reality that is the spirit. So, so uh, that is the triune God himself. And and um, um, in the in the in the in the uh, 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 first epistle of John, it even says not only the, the spirit of reality; it says the spirit is the reality. The spirit is the reality. So reality today is simply the spirit. <clears throat> So I I have this uh, this um, uh, burden within me that is um, each one of us. You see, I I want to stress the point: the knocking on the door may be knocking on the church's door, but the response to that knocking is individual, is personal. The invitation to the Lord to come in, to become our reality, right? To feast with him and he with us is to enjoy and experience that reality. Um, is personal. So uh, I can only say this. In these days, I hope that, uh, that each one of us, all of us, would have a fresh desire within us for reality, <clears throat> for this reality. That we would not be satisfied or uh, contented 
uh, or I would even say to be deceived that because we know so many things, we understand so many things, we can even say so many things, but in fact, we are somewhat devoid of the true reality. And only this spirit can guide us into that reality. Only this spirit today is that reality because this spirit today is simply the what? The entire triune God, right? Process and consummated, reaching us to indwell us, to indwell us, right? And this spirit today is what? The one who will convey to us this reality. It says the spirit testifies concerning Christ. This spirit teaches us concerning all the things of Christ. This spirit is the one who will guide us into all the reality, which is Christ and all the things concerning Christ. Making, making this triune God real to us in our experience, in our living, and even in our church life. I, um, my um, um, word to all of us, and certainly myself, is these days we need more time with the Lord, each one of us. More time with the Lord. Um, and I don't mean we don't have morning revival or we don't go to the meetings. We, we need all those things, right? Um, uh, but I am talking about um, uh, some particular times with the Lord, just to be with the Lord, all right? Um, to open the door to him, to let him come in to the depth of our being, um, to dine with him and he with us. Do you see this picture? It is very, very um, uh, intimate. It is very, very personal. Um, and and uh, it is something very, very close. Uh, you know, you're dining with another person, just you and that person there. The conversation that flows, the kind of back and forth, the kind of a heart-to-heart um, um, fellowship, all that is entailed or uh, implied here. So, um, uh, uh, personally, brothers, let me, brothers and sisters, let me say this again and emphasize this. Personally, I'm very burdened that we have deeper times, longer times, secret times, uh, intimate times with the Lord, just be with the Lord, um, to what? To enjoy this reality, to to um, uh, just have fellowship with him. <clears throat> uh, you see, um, this requires time. You know, um, um, it is quite easy, you know, this busy age that we're in and even this full church life that we're in, that our personal 
moments, times, seasons with the Lord takes a bit of a backseat or becomes deficient or inadequate. We need to fight for those times. Look, the Lord Jesus himself, when he was on the earth, he was busy. He was doing great works. He was performing miracles. He was teaching. But time and time again, it says he left the crowd. He went up to the mountain. He went into the desert. He went alone into the wilderness and to be away from the crowd to do what? To be with the Father, to spend time to be with the Father. If the Lord Jesus as a man needed that kind of a time, brothers and sisters, how much you and I need those times. I uh, I hope that um, it, with a new year coming upon us, um, that um, uh, with this desire, this desire, to know the Lord as reality more in our Christian life, in our church life, in our um, 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 constitution and in our living and so on and so forth. Brothers and sisters, there's no replacement for time spent with the Lord. So, um, uh, not just five minutes here and five minutes there. I'm talking about, brothers and sisters, a lengthier time. You know, a length, as we go on in the Lord and grow in the Lord, we need lengthier time with the Lord. Every week, set aside some longer time, whether you go for a walk, whether you go up a real mountain or hill, whether you go to your backyard, whether you're in your secret closet. The word does say secret, secret. And the Lord was with the Father secretly. And in those times, you're just with the Lord. You open your spirit, you open your heart, you open your entire being. To what? To invite him in, to dine with him and he with you. And uh, much will come out of, of that of dealings with the Lord, of uh, conviction by the Lord, of being touched by the Lord, of the Lord speaking, of the Spirit's moving, the Spirit's guiding, the Spirit's teaching, the Spirit's touching. Um, and and uh, brothers and sisters, I, I think, I think that this is something that would, uh, that is something that we all need. I certainly feel I need this very, very much. Okay, I think I'm uh, I'm. I've, that's the end of my time. I better stop here and turn it back to the brothers. Amen. Well, uh, how much I appreciate the Lord's faithful and honest uh, word to us that I feel like meets our current need here, um, both in the church and individually. Um, <clears throat> thank the Lord for still knocking on the door of the church. <laughs> I feel thankful that, you know, um, he's, he's knocking and, um, and I feel that we all should heed the knock by individually responding to having times with the Lord that 
that are door opening times, not just uh, perfunctory kind of um, <clears throat> ritual times of uh, with the Lord, but specific times that open the door and invite him in and converse with him on this deeper way um, so that he as the spirit of reality could actually bring us into the reality and the experience and, and even the living of all the riches that we have received. Um, praise the Lord for this timely word. May we all heed it 